Welcome to Lacrosse Recruiting 101, where the biggest names in lacrosse share their inside views and expertise. Now, your host, Luke Cometti. In this episode of the podcast, I talk with Kyle Smith, Associate Head Coach and Recruiting Coordinator for Merrimack College Men's Lacrosse. This is Kyle's seventh season with the program. And before coaching, Kyle played college lacrosse at UMass, where he was a four-year player and a three-year starter for the Minutemen. Post-college, Kyle played for three seasons in the Major Lacrosse League with the Boston Cannons. In the podcast, Kyle gives us an update about what is currently going on in North Andover with the Merrimack men's lacrosse team and how they are very excited for this 2021 season. We cover a lot of the same recruiting topics that we normally cover in the podcast, but we also dive into the transition of Merrimack College becoming a Division I school and what that meant and still means for the lacrosse program. If I missed something or there was something you would like to hear on the next podcast, then please email us at questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com or tweet at our Twitter handle at LACTRECRUIT101. Thanks for listening. Kyle Smith, Associate Head Men's Lacrosse Coach, Merrimack College. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Luke. So you've, you've already played one game versus Boston University. You have another one lined up this weekend versus UMass Lowell. Is it safe to say that you guys are pretty much back at it? It's a full go in uh, North Andover. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think we're definitely full go. Um, you know, we choose to be optimistic during this time. Um, you know, we're well aware that we know it can kind of get blown up at any time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you're seeing that with some other schools. You know, UMass Lowell was supposed to play UMass Amherst the other day, and that game got nixed on Monday night. So, um, you know, I, th- I think we're, we're all just in agreement that, uh, we feel fortunate to just be out there practicing as a full team together. That could be pretty motivating when you're talking to your team. I mean, any chance you get, whether it's a practice or a game, right. To be out there and playing like, because you don't know essentially when the next time you're going to play is, do you, do you use that at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, whether it's said or unsaid, um, I think everybody went through a big learning lesson last year. You know, it's not easy getting your season uh, uh, canceled on you. And, um, yep. you know, that just kind of puts everything in perspective after that. You know, you put so much into it, so much time, um, you know, emotional, physical, and then it gets pulled on you. You know, that, that kind of stays with you for a long time. And, um you know, I think our guys have done a great job of kind of just rolling with things um, and really just maximizing the time together. They're they're a very tight knit group, and uh, uh, you can just clearly tell they 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 definitely enjoy their time on the field together. Have you had to rely on them to do things on their own to make sure when you guys do have the opportunity as a team to come together and practice, or you know, obviously play, you know. I'm sure you didn't get quite as much in that you normally would have in, you know, a typical fall and preseason. Were you relying on them a lot to come prepared and come ready and do the things on their own? Oh, yeah. And, you know, they were well aware of it. I mean, our preseason, we we started, we had four days um, in groups of 12, then four days in groups of 24. And then we really had five practices 
six practices, including the previous Saturday, a full field before our BU game. So um, we've relied on them for a lot of different things off the field um, and just away from us. Everything from, you know, we can only do film over Zoom. Um, you know, we have these accountability groups where guys really check in on each other. Um, but we, we have to. I mean, it's a little bit different coaching because you're just not around them as much. You know, you got to you got to extend the trust that much farther with them. And, um, you know, I think they've done the best job that they can to come in ready to go and ready to compete. You know, it's, it's not easy getting ready for a season and only having 12 practices, you know? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of how the guys have handled themselves. And I think, um, they certainly matured during this situation. When you and coach Morgan are having those conversations, with your team to make sure they are doing the right things on their own. What do those sound like? And what are you kind of relying on them to do? Um, we're, we're, we're relying, you know, it, it's kind of all encompassing, right? You know, we're recruiting good kids who are mature and respectful. And so we know what we're getting with them. Um, and it's more or less just about focusing all of them and kind of, uh, you know, empowering everybody as a leader and then having the upperclassmen kind of pull the younger guys along a little bit and um, just show them how it's done uh, on campus. How has this past fall and summer, right? how have you guys approached recruiting? You know, as I've had coaches on here, I feel like they've had mixed feelings, right? A lot of them want to be on the sideline watching their potential recruits. However, they don't hate the fact that they're watching these full games. A lot of them are, you know, watching film. I'm sure you guys are doing a lot of the same, but being able to see the full game, they're getting almost a different perspective on their potential recruits and they, you know, they don't not like it. And they're, it's probably something they're going to incorporate into their future recruiting. How has that gone for you guys? Uh, I'd say I have mixed emotions on it too. You know, there's, there's nothing like going to a tournament and watching, um, you know, players play live and just seeing how they interact with teammates, coaches, how they warm up, how they, how they walk off the field, um, how they interact with their parents. You know, if, if uh, you get a chance to see that, Um, you know, watching from video can be kind of tough sometimes, right? Um, Just because you, you you don't see any of the warm up, any of the interactions. Um, It's just, it's just the game. Uh, It's certainly been a little bit of a challenge, um, from our part of just, you know, I mean, we've, we've, I'd say picked up our outreach to club coaches and high school coaches. And, you know, I'd say they've done the same. Um, but it's just a little bit different. I think one thing that's really changed is actually, um, you know, the recruits have gotten so much better at being really informed in their decisions. You know, we get kids who reach out, um, in there that are really interested in Merrimack and, and, and it's in their group of schools that they really want to find more info on. And they already have so much info on us because they've done real research on it. Um, yeah. So I think one thing that the high schoolers have taken away from this is making really informed decisions on where they want to go to school, which is, which is pretty cool for them. Absolutely. And I just, you know, I think it back to myself going through the recruiting process And I think it's something to keep in mind for these players who are, you know, you're saying they're very informed, right? 
And as you talk to kind of kids at that age, they're really, you know, coaches are saying, make sure you research a school, you know, what majors, you know, do you want to potentially pursue? And the kids will like come to this decision like, oh, I, you know, I want to be a business major. They have a good business school. I want to go here. And I think that definitely is part of it. But a lot of it has to do with, you know, you're 17. You don't necessarily know exactly what you want to do. I mean, I changed my major three times. And I'm still, like, if I went back to school today, I don't know what I would necessarily major in. So a lot of it, too, you know, that's part of the decision. But also just how is the coaching staff, right? You know, how is the team? Can you see yourself on campus? You know, when you have these conversations with uh, players, is that kind of what it sounds like as well? Yeah, I think that's probably the hardest thing. Um, that we've had to deal with, you know, like not being able to actually talk with the kid on campus, you know, and, and be able to meet his parents and be able to give him a tour and basically, you know, have us and the team inter- interact with them yeah. through the course of a day, right? Um, you know, it's it's just much harder. It goes, you know, the tours go through admissions now. We kind of check in with them before and after, um, but you don't get that personalized deal with it and you know i think we've done our best to try to to try to personalize it um but it's just not the same so i think um in terms of recruiting that's where the real challenge comes in there's a lot of really good players out there and a lot of players that we like but we really look for who's the best fit for our program our staff um our community and and those are the guys that we're really looking for when you talk about those fits, what exactly, I mean, can you give some specific things that you actually look for, for you know, to come to Merrimack and play for you guys? Uh, you know, I think, you know, I'd say we're, we're, I mean, we're obviously a New England lacrosse program. Uh, we're making a big jump to Division One. Yeah. Um, we're, we're looking for, you know, kind of a blue collar mindset in, in, in just real toughness. I mean, we're going to play in cold weather and, um, you know, we're making a big jump division two to division one. And so we want that chip on the shoulder mindset, you know? Um, and I think the other thing that we've always kind of recruited here at Merrimack is we want, um, high IQ players, players who can really think the game through. And we also want players who love the game you know, flat out, they want to make lacrosse a big part of their life um, in college and going forward, you know, and that might be something as simple as just following the game for the rest of their life or, um, you know, getting involved in coaching or, you know, playing into the middle ages. Um, You know, we want intellectually curious kids, but, you know, we want kids with a real passion for lacrosse and that's going to be something that stays in their life for a while. We think those guys make better teammates and those guys really progress and develop because they're just always finding their stick, always finding a game, finding a wall, whatever it may be. Um, you know, and we think that if we can get, you know, 40 of those guys on a team, we're going to have a pretty good lacrosse team regardless of height, weight, athletic ability. Yeah. You talk about the big jump, right? When you guys went from Division two to Division one in the 2020 season, you know, go, coming off of two back-to-back national championships, um, a lot of success prior to that. Can you talk about that process of deciding to go to Division One? I'm um, seeing as you know, you've been there for seven seasons. How did that go? How did you guys come to that decision? 
Uh, you know, it was something that the school did. Um, you know, and I, I, I had heard some whispers about it uh, ever since I got there, um, ever since I got to Merrimack. Um, but, you know, we had we have a president uh, who has really elevated our school and, 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 and has done a really good job of building new buildings, renovating old buildings, elevating, you know, the athletic department. Um, and so it, a transition to Division One, I, I think, was always his view um, of where the school should go. And, and, and it just made sense with the progress of it. Um, from a lacrosse standpoint, you know, lacrosse, because size is kind of, you know, a, you know, we, lacrosse is just a different game, right? Football is a much bigger transition to a higher level than lacrosse is. Um, you know, but we've had, obviously, our growing pains during this process. I think establishing a winning culture and, and, a, and, a, and just a really good culture in itself um, has, has allowed us to compete right away in Division I. Um, and then I think we're kind of just more or less realizing how tight these Division One games are. You know, I mean, you can you can win games, you can lose games on any given Saturday. Um, and all the games we've played so far in Division One, we're right there. It's 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 really just about um, minimizing the mistakes more and then making plays at the end of the games, so and we can start to shift some of these losses into wins. Yeah, and I think anyone seeing that you guys were making the transition from Division Two to Division One would know that you would be competitive right away. However, not necessarily winning a national championship, or at least right away. You know, was there anyone with that transition that was not happy? I mean, you don't have to go specifically who, but was there people not happy about making that jump? Because obviously, like I said, you guys are competitive right away in Division One. However, you're not necessarily competing for a champion, you know, national championship, or at least it's just a lot harder to compete for a national championship. And Oh, of course. I, I can imagine um, some people maybe weren't thrilled about that, just knowing that they're not necessarily competing or have as much of a chance of winning one. You know, to be honest, I mean, yeah, right. You know, uh, you got a good thing going in Division Two, and it's and it's really fun to win, and especially win at the end of the season. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But you know, if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, and that's your life. You, you're just a creature of habit. So you get in the habit of just, uh, I can only control what I can control. We got a division one schedule this year. We're going to go out and play. We believe in our guys. You know, we've recruited them here to, to win games and play at a high level and get a great education. And so we believe in you. And, um, you know, we just have been so focused on division one that we kind of put D two in the rear view. Right. Um, you know, I think that, Amongst some of the players, there might have been, you know, especially um, the senior class last year. Uh, you know, they, they had the opportunity to play in three Division Two national title games, losing their first one and then winning the next two. Um, you know, so for them to go into Division One, I, I think they would have liked to be in Division Two. But, you know, I think all the guys we have here now are committed to winning games at the uh, Division One level. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Iron Horse Lacrosse, the number one lacrosse program in Texas for travel teams, camps, and clinics. For more information on Iron Horse, visit their website at www.ironhorselax.com. How has the jump affected recruiting? Maybe outside the 
compliance, you know, changes, the NCAA compliance changes, like how have you noticed as a staff that recruit recruiting has changed a little bit? Uh, well, we're definitely getting a lot, a lot more kids reaching out. And I would say we're, we're getting a, uh, uh, a lot of really talented kids reaching out. So um, the division one move has been really good from that aspect. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think we got really good kids in the past. Um, well-rounded kids, but I think we're just, you know, getting much more attention from them now. So, um, I think recruiting has been good. I, I think we've recruited a lot of, uh, uh, great young people that are going to help out, uh, help this program out and really, really keep taking it to a, another level. You think you're getting a lot of that interest because you just made the jump to D1 or do you think it helped to win those national championships knowing that, even though you guys are a new program at Division One level, you've had success, so you're probably having an easier transition than a team that just started maybe club and went to the Division One level. Yeah, no, I think um, I think the national titles, you know, validate um, the program in terms of culture and a winning culture, um, and it and it it, it kind of creates that just winning lacrosse program. Um, you know, so I think it's a little bit of both. I also think. The move to the Division One is also directly correlated to our uh, uh, academics. We, you know, I feel like academically we've become a better and better school each year I've been here, um, and so I just think the school in itself is being elevated by everything that is on campus. Do you look for a different player when you're recruiting now that you're Division One? Uh, we try to find, you know, uh, certainly we put a little bit more weight into athleticism just because of our, the uh, schedule we play. Um, but I would say at the core roots, you know, like I said, you, you want a high IQ kid um, who just loves the game. And then obviously, you know, everything else that comes with that, a good kid from a good family um, who gets good grades and is respectful and mature, right? What are you guys able to do right now with recruiting? I mean, and when I say, what are you able to do? What do you have time for? Um, you know, you guys are in kind of the midst of your season. You know, obviously there's some question marks. You just don't know, you know, what games are actually going to happen. You know, you're, you're hopeful, but you're not sure. What are you able to do? How do you balance the recruiting side of it during the season? You know, a lot gets put on your plate during the season, but I would say really just following up with, you know, all the relationships that uh, you started to build on in the fall. Um, you know, obviously it's not as much uh, going out and looking for guys during the season, but more or less following up yeah. and seeing if anybody's coming in. Um, you know, recruiting never really stops. It just kind of slows down a bit during the season. Um but it's one of those things that, you know, I mean, we're always looking for good recruits and, and, and always in the transfer portal too. So um, we just spend less time on it in the spring um, and then we get ready for, for the summer and then, it's, and then it's full go there and basically all the way to fall. Yeah, it's understandable that things would slow down because you guys do have a lot going on. But if I'm a player listening, how can I – help you kind of with that, 
you know, staying in touch or potentially getting on your radar? You know, what do you maybe look for in the players you are talking to or potentially new players that are going to come on your radar? Like, what do you want to see from them or hear from them? Uh, you know, I just think it could be anything from a quick update with how they're doing to, you know, a good loss text to an updated highlight video. Um, it could really be anything depending on the relationship that you started off on, right? Um, you know, and if you're reaching out, you know, it can just be as simple as an introductory email with, you know, your highlight tape attached. So, um, you know, it really depends on, on the kid and who he is. And, you know, if you already talked to him, just the relationship that you have with him already. We're yeah. not too picky on that type of stuff. Yeah. Do you like to see highlight films in the initial email? Uh, yeah, it gives us a gauge right away. Um, you know, certainly we're not, you know, all highlight tape or nothing. Um, we love to see kids play in person. We love to meet them. Um, but, you know, if if a kid can play right away, you know, it's, it's pretty evident in his highlight tape. Let's say you find that kid. You're like, oh, wow, this kid can play. You know, you maybe show Coach Morgan, and he's like, I agree. You know, we want this kid. What are the next steps for you guys? Do you try to, I mean, it may be different now in the spring, but maybe in the fall or summer, you know, I know you've had some restrictions as far as getting kids on campus. Are they still allowed to come on campus even if you can't show them around? You know, what do you encourage them to do, and how do you move that process along? Yeah, we've been having them um, go through tours with the admissions process, um, so it's hands-off from us. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but at least they still get to see the campus and kind of get the ins and outs that way and at least give them a, a vision. Can you see yourself here for four years? Uh, I would say if we, you know, if we like a kid, um, you know, we'll certainly reach out to him. Um, but then we'll also reach out to his high school coaches, his club coaches. Um, we'll look to get him up here for a visit. I'd say, you know, and then the next steps are, are trying to watch him in person and, and sync us up on the recruiting trail with him. Um, it's, and that's really kind of the standard that we go through. We try to get as many opinions on them as possible. Um, but then we value our, our, our judgment on them and our interactions with them uh, highly as well. Do you have your current players interact with them? I mean, even I've heard of coaches, you know, in this past year having them hop on a Zoom call with, you know, your current teammates or their current teammates. Do you do that at all, at least in the past year? Uh, no, we haven't. We haven't. You know, some kids are from, um, you know, similar towns or club programs and they reach out on their own. Um, but, you know, we're just face to face people. We're not, you know, even in even in the Zoom age, we're, we're not big on the Zoom. So, you know, we just think uh, it's just harder to do everything on Zoom. <laughs> it's not a, it's a, it's a, it's a not as personable. I agree. I agree. It can be tough. Um, you know, that's something with our high school team. It's like they're on Zoom. Most of them are on Zoom all day for class. And it's like, oh, well, we could do a Zoom film session. I was like, I don't know how productive that's going to be if they're sitting here on Zoom all day and then you want to bring them on Zoom for lacrosse practice too. I was, I was like, this year, more than anything, 
you know, let's take advantage of being face-to-face, you know, doing it in a safe way, but being face-to-face, getting on a field, even if it's just playing wall ball. I mean, it's, you got to have that balance of looking at a screen and then having that personal interaction. Yeah. You got to let kids go outside again. <laughs> exactly. All right, Kyle, last segment of the podcast here, the fast five. I'm going to ask you five quick questions and, uh, just give your initial answer, but feel free to explain. Sounds good. Number one, what is the best food in Massachusetts? Ooh. You know, I moved out to Boston a couple of years ago, and uh, there's this Monica's Deli in the North End. And uh, I've never been to a better deli in my life. Monica. Nice guy runs it, too. What's your go-to there? Uh, Italian chicken cutlet. Pretty Sounds good. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Number two, what is your favorite sport other than lacrosse? Ooh. You know, when the Patriots were rolling, football was fun. But to play, always basketball. Nice. I agree. <laughs> Number three, if you weren't coaching college lacrosse, what would you be doing? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I had a business job. I didn't really like it. I would say coaching basketball. Okay. Same level? No, I'd probably be coaching high school. I don't know. I'd probably start my own business, to be honest. Nice. Four. How would your players describe you as a coach? Uh, you know, I think... I think I am a player's coach. Um, you know, I certainly always have their backs and I, uh, and I know they know that. And, um, you know, I think I'm very fair to them. Um, but then I also think I'm very competitive. And so I think, I think one thing that I do do well is they always know where they stand with me. And I think, uh, uh, they understand that and respect that. Five. What is your favorite part about being a college lacrosse coach? Oh, the relationships. It's easy. It's, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I got into coaching because I loved coaching. I got into coaching because I loved the game and the camaraderie and the relationships. When you say that, do you mean just in general in the lacrosse community or do you, between you and your players or? Well, you and your players is, is something special, you know. You, you really get to you get to know these guys. You, you you try to help them reach their goals, um, become better young men, become better students, and then you know just the lacrosse community in general. Um, having grown up in it with my dad and grandpa being lacrosse guys, uh, you just find out early that the lacrosse community is a little different, and it's a, a special community. Absolutely. Well, Kyle, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Uh, best of luck here. I hope that you guys are able to have a full season here in 2021. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me on, and uh, I enjoyed my time. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Recruiting 101. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a question for Luke? Email them to questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com.